This is The Union, the intersection between people, apps, and AI. We'll inspire and challenge you as we ask questions, uncover insights, and share inspiring stories about digital ecosystems and automation. Well, hey there, I'm Scott King, and that is Chris Krause. Hey, Chris. Hey. Uh, So thanks for joining me. So, Chris, this is our third episode of our three-part series on how to integrate ChatGPT, BARD, Watson X, or any other generative AI, or really any AI, into your business. So I'm really excited to, uh, to finish this series out. So the first episode, we covered generative AI integrating it. So really getting it into the enterprise. How do I do it? Where do I put it? And then the second episode was AI should help us do things, right? So if AI provides me an answer, it should also guide me through the process in like an automated fashion, right? In this episode, we're just going to discuss how to govern all the access and all the data required to do those things, because you don't want to have everybody have access to everything. You want to practice some least privilege. Um, You want to understand, okay, if there's multiple people involved in one of these conversations or the automation, like how do we provide everyone the same context so everyone understands? And then obviously we're going to have different roles. So know who is allowed to do what, like I may be allowed to do something that somebody else isn't right. The the CFO or the customer service VP can do some things that I can't do or whatever. And then I really want to make sure that we understand that if we're giving people this access and we're governing the data, like how can we make these conversations contextual in different channels? So maybe I start in chat, I got a mobile app, I go back to the browser, like how does all that work? So, um, I mean, let's talk about what it means that covering the same context and providing people with the knowledge that would, you know, that is required when looking at an automation. Let's talk about customer service or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and first everybody, Scott's not excited. This is our third, because that means we have to have a new example next week. (laughs) And so, but in the context, I like customer service. Yeah. And so in the context of customer service, remember you have two primary roles or actors. One is actually the consumer. They may be coming on a website, mobile devices, things like that. And then there's the actual say contact center agents or the AI that's powering responses back. So we wanna move past simple FAQ lookups. And we discussed that in the first, um, first call. And in the second call, we discussed, we want actions. People want to be able to accomplish tasks and in, in some, like accomplish a goal. So when we look at this, say a customer service agent gets a a request escalated from someone. So they want to see the history of what they've chatted with before, but then we want to, in the back end, arm them with all the information. So the 360 view or the complete view of a customer may be orders in flight and maybe do they have um, tickets open? Do they, are they processing return? Do they have invoices? So there's different roles in the organization and we want to give them read access into that so they have a complete view of the customer itself. And of course, sentiment analysis does help with understanding the state they're in. But 
In some cases, when we need to escalate, say to a manager to approve a discount or say to um, override an order that they're asking for, we want that to go to a specific person and they may have elevated privileges. A, say a call center agent may be able to view orders, but not update the orders. So we want to be able to have the context of that in the automation itself. And that means one thing, there is like workflow rules that we think of role-based access control. The other is, does the AI have commands available that aren't available to every person? So you want to have within the content that you use to train the models and they're searching from, you want role-based access control in that also. So that means that, you know, we have a task. Some people may only have read-only, which would be great, especially in a call center. They can look at, instead of going to six systems and looking things up, having that information, say, summarized, but then be able to ask questions about them. And then when you need to send it to another person, they may have access control of an elevation so they can actually do more with it. So that we can do a lot of that in old-fashioned apps, but it was all alt-tab, alt-tab, alt-tab. We want a conversation in the context of AI to bring those together. And so that's, that's really going to simplify the workflow. And the customer, say, that's talking to an agent or maybe chatting with an agent, they're going to get a smoother experience so things will go better. But the trick is, the thing you mentioned, Scott, is that least privilege principle. We, we know when we store the data, we're going to want to put efficacy dates. Like, um, these are the return policies for 2022. These are the return policies for 2023. So when we search, we pull the right ones. But then there's the whole, well, how many details can you get? Like, should an agent be able to see the lifetime of orders? Or can they only see a partial, like the last five open orders? Um, so that least privilege means we may secure data. Um, another example, say HR documents and manuals inside the company, managers may be able to see pay grades and bans and how bonus structures are, are set up, but employees can't see that when they search. So if they ask that question, they won't get the answer. So we want to actually treat securing this data the same way we'd secure any other data in the enterprise by role-based access control. And least privilege is the term that most people use for that. And so Scott, you probably understand that. Like um, when we worked at a big company, you had salary bands, but we didn't know the details behind the salary band, right? Right. But a manager would know that. Yeah, and, and I was also thinking about when, when you were using the example of the call center agent and they had to elevate it to a manager. And we've all experienced, you know, a call center call, uh, you, you know, you searching for some help or you have a problem with your bill or whatever, and you're talking to a person and they, they put you on hold and they say, hang on, yeah. you know, let me check, right? I mean, that's literally yeah. what they're doing. They're either one, they're going to another system that's disconnected to look for information. Hopefully they have the right yeah. access to read that. And then you know, elevating that decision because they don't have that privilege. So I'm assuming that in an automated workflow, if, you know, if you had that step, like you can automate that step, the AI should learn how that step has progressed over the past. And could it, you know, could it make the decision by itself based on yeah. historical data? Yeah. So like predictions and categorizations are things that the models can learn. So Generative AI gives you a nice response back, but there's in machine learning, there's the concept of a categorization like 
provide discount, yes, no, or provide discount, no, 10, 20%. So say if you escalate to a manager and they look at the profile of the customer, they're going to look at like lifetime history, on-time bill payments, value, things like that. And they'll say yes or no to the discount. Well, machine learning can be trained on those examples that the humans are saying yes or no to in the background. And then over time, it can start suggesting, I'm going to suggest 10% and have them agree. And then at a certain point, they'll say, let the, let the machine learning take over. I, this is a question I don't need to be asked 25 times a day. It's a simple question that a model can learn. And as attributes change, you also have the confidence to say, do escalate for a manager for approval. But that's a great example where you want, say, predictors, calculate a number, or categorizations, tell me a discount. Because there's nothing worse when you're on the phone. Are they asking someone or are they typing in different systems when they put you on hold, right? It always happens to us all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably a combination of both, right? Um, especially with a lot of the, the retail and CPG companies that we may be customers of or where we work or customers, they've grown by acquisition. Those systems are not put together, right? They just maintain yep. you know, multiple ERP systems, multiple CRM, CRM systems. So it is complicated, which yes. you know, the, the contact center employee is like the least trained and has the most complicated job, right? Because They've got to use so many different systems. You know, we obviously in the past we've talked about, you know, simplifying the user interface and, and things like that. This data governance and knowing who is allowed to do what becomes really complicated in, in you know, like a big company like that. Right. And so when that is built into, say, the model, so it knows I, I should have an answer for this or I can't have access to that data, anybody can ask any question. We just want to make sure we don't give an answer to someone who shouldn't have it. It should say, I don't know. I can't provide that answer. I don't know. Or this is the details about that information. And so it's it's it will definitely help. And actually, you know, people will be more comfortable learning to trust AI when they understand it's not going to answer every question and make up answers. Um, right. I mean, there's all types of hallucination stories going around the Internet where, you know, the generative AI just it just makes something up because it's just looking at language patterns, uh, which yeah. makes sense. Right. So, um, you know, governing that and making sure that it doesn't go haywire and provide like, you know, Hey, I, I don't know this, please check. Or, you know, maybe that's when you do elevate to a, a phone conversation, um, you know, outside yep. of chat. So when we're, so when we're doing this and we're trying to govern all this data, you know, we even mentioned chat windows and mobile, and, uh, you know, text messaging, maybe WhatsApp is, is, uh, is a viable, you know, channel in your omni-channel strategy. How does this all work with, you know, multiple user interfaces? And, you know, yeah. and I'm thinking from the consumer standpoint that is interacting with the agent and the agent themselves, right? Because they have all types of apps that, that we talked about. Right. So you want, first off, your technology that you're deploying into to be able to support multiple channels but then having a long running conversation across those channels. So when you come in over your mobile app, you're identified by your phone number. When you come in in the browser, you, you have to identify yourself by phone number or say email, something like that. So we can continue the session, if you will. We talked about long running conversations last time. Actually the concept of continuing the session so that you don't have to start over because there's nothing more frustrating than starting over with your data 
over and over again. That also should extend to say the call center agent. So if the call, if you've done work in the chat, when the call center and you say, talk to an agent and you're chatting with the agent, they should have the history of the things you've asked, the answers versus re-asking you everything over and over again. So you would want that same concept to have that shared context of what they're working with so you don't have to re-ask. And this could be transferring to say telephony to a person or maybe you're moving from a digital channel into a chat channel with an actual agent. That really changes the game for customer service. There's nothing more frustrating than starting over, right? You wanna have a long running conversation with sessions and it can come and start on any channel. Maybe it starts on the browser and they're like, oh, we'll go look at this on your car. So you go to your phone and you continue your chat on your phone and you're looking at something or something in your house and then you may go back to your computer. You want a seamless experience there through the omni-channel by keeping a long running conversation with sessions. And then you can actually start a session with say generative AI or different AI models so that you can keep asking more questions and getting to the result. And at the end of the day, it's really going to help ease the complication and should help. the contact time should go down because you're not re-expending yourself three times to four people, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. So you mentioned long-running conversation in session a couple of different times. Can you quantify mm -hmm. that? Like how long is long and, and, and how many times I, could I come in and out to maintain like one session, let's say? Well, that should be something user configurable, but quite honestly, it could be two weeks. Like, so with someone who, who's um, starting a session, they, they could be in, say, a two-week window in which they want to keep asking a question to get something resolved. I mean, that would be worst case. A couple hours um, is reasonable, maybe a day. Um, like employee onboarding, if this was taking you through multiple onboarding processes, it could take you two weeks. You could do your training classes, get your hardware, get all your stuff. So some of those would be much longer, but hopefully in a call center in one or two days is the history for this to complete it and move on. That doesn't mean we want to throw away the stuff. Hold on. The box came. Nothing right. like working from home. So that is an interesting uh, event. Multiple people inside of the same context. So you left the conversation and you came back, yet you still remember what we're talking about. Right. I, we're going to continue the conversation talking about it, you want it, the user experience or customer experience to be better if you have this, if the conversation remains context from channels and over a couple days because everybody hates repeating themselves and starting over. So you want to just continue where you left off. So it's possible. So we can have automation that, that one supports all of our data governance and compliance policies. So we understand yes. where our data goes and, um, and who has access to it, right? And it supports these long running conversations. Customer support and customer service is a great example because um, we've all interacted in um, in those type of situations, right? Think telecom, uh, TV, uh, what have you, right? Consumer services, and then um, and then looking at multiple channels, right? So, like I remember a conversation 
that happens in another channel. And I can bring that context to another to continue that. And then it's maintained inside the same session. So it makes sense. Right. But I think, you know, maybe people think that this is too difficult, but yet, you know, with something like Krista, right. This is normally not a commercial, but I mean, that's what we do. Right. Um, like where, where do you think people would get stuck? Like, where would they hesitate? Where would they think that like this cannot be possible? Well, I think that people think in classic screens and forms versus conversation. So written conversation works in a WhatsApp, a mobile app, a browser, a chat window, because we've simplified the interaction to natural language. That means we're available on every channel. I think traditionally you'd be like, oh, well, does the mobile app look like the web page app? And what do we do if it's as a message? Because we've lowered the technical bar and we use natural language processing to talk to the person, that's available on all those channels. So the first thing is realizing, oh, problem solved. We can have a conversation on any channel, right? And like Scott, we've done that. We've been in a text message and then we went to Teams, right? And it's it's seamless, right? So that's just realizing putting in the right um, communication method of natural languages first, and then having the software, the iPads, understand sessions and users. That's all, you know, technical stuff the developers handle for you. Right, right. The and and that goes back to you know some of our previous episodes. I don't know which one it is, but I'll link to it in the show notes where you know, we're using the human as the integration method. So you mentioned yeah. like our conversation in Teams and in iMessage, it's the same conversation in two channels, but it's only integrated like in our brain, right? Like we're the only right. ones that know that. So you need to move that type of process to a platform. So when a new employee or a new customer comes in with the same situation, you can take care of it. No problem. Yes, that's it. All right. That that makes sense. That makes sense. I'll look for that episode and and, uh, and link it. Um, so thanks for everybody for listening on um, on data governance, compliance, and and you know multi omni channel conversations. Be sure and catch our previous episodes on how to integrate this into uh, your enterprise. And then uh, what was the second one, Chris? It was actually doing things, right? Doing so, things. So how to get AI and automation to provide a guide, right? Next best actions and actually let you complete a business outcome. So um, that is the last of this series. I enjoyed talking with you, Chris, about this. And uh, until next time. Thanks for listening to The Union. I hope it was insightful and caused you to think about how you can influence technical advancements at your company. Please subscribe to the Union Podcast Series on your favorite podcast player to listen to past and future episodes. If you have a question for any of us or have a suggestion for the show, please email me at scott at Thanks for listening.